Jello pudding pops. Jello pudding pops. Frozen pudding on a stick. You know, Jello pudding pops is a winner with all the soapbox racers I know. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And even your mechanic's getting all revved up about it because it's so rich and creamy. Yeah. And it always gets the green light from mom because it's made with real pudding. Mmm. Welcome to Positivity with Isaiah K. Floyd. The title of this podcast is What in the Jello Pudding Pops Just Happened. Before I start this podcast, I just want to be clear. Sexual assault against a man or a woman is inappropriate and a crime. This conversation is about the legal aspects of the Bill Cosby case. This is not a conversation about guilt or non-guilt. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the pod. First, I want to introduce uh, a good friend of mine, Kamara Williams. What up? What up, man? I'm glad to be on the pod, bro. Positivity. <laughs> I'm, positive, I'm positively happy to be on this blog, uh, this uh, pod, man. <laughs> Kamara, Kamara is an attorney like myself. And we are here to discuss this uh, June 30, uh, 2021 Supreme Court of Pennsylvania decision regarding William Henry Cosby Jr., a.k.a. Bill Cosby. Uh, this case will be in every single uh, law school textbook, in my opinion. I think so. I think so. I mean, um, it's a 79-page opinion. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> You know what that tells me? You know that that tells me the judge is like, I'm about to do something that's really like monumental. I got I can't like offer like a twenty page opinion. It's gotta I gotta lay this shit out. Look, the facts <laughs> the fact pattern was persuasive. The fact yeah. pattern they started off in, in the whole Kreak thing, and if anybody doesn't know what that is with for law students, uh we write in Kreak uh, conclusion, rule, uh analysis, analysis and conclusion. You know, it's just a, a form of writing, so it's clear legal writing. And so they start off with the conclusion of like, hey, look, the former prosecutor or DA did not have enough information to charge Cosby in 2005. So he brokered a deal, basically, for him just to get testify at a civil trial so she can get money. And um, the Supreme Court basically says without a, you know, the, the former DA knew Without a confession, he didn't have enough to prosecute Bill Cosby. And yeah. the Supreme Court just breaks down in the fact pattern the reasons why he didn't have enough information. And so yeah. if you listen to this, I would just if you don't read anything about this opinion, at least read the fact portion of it. I think it's only. Ten pages. Ten pages. Um, yeah. At least read that so you understand the difficulties that the previous DA would have if he had tried it immediately. So. Well, you know, so can we can we lean into that for a little bit? Yeah. So I, I the, um, the the DA looked at the the victim, and one of the things that was not, notated by the DA and even the, the court was, well, the DA said it, uh, the length of time and the inconsistency of her actions after the assault. And that's what made it really, you know, problematic on top of not having the confession. So he, she, he was like, you know, he weighed, he weighed all this evidence. He's like, all right. So her actions post 
the assault. Um, and then her continuing going over there, continuing the relationship, continuing to en- engage. And then now, and he's not even admitting to it. It's like, what do you want me to do with this? And so, and, but he, but there was heart in his thought process. He was like, I still want her to have justice, but I don't know if it's going to be a criminal justice, if that's what she's looking for. And I find that the media as of today is like killing this man. I mean, they are absolutely slaughtering the DA that, you know, brokered this deal with Bill Cosby. Um, but his thought process, in my opinion, was sound. It was like, hey, I think so. I think th- th- so. this does not look good. Like, you, the facts of this do not look good. It's something that's going to be very, very difficult for me to present to a jury. Yeah. How can I get her justice? Okay, Bill, if you testify in this civil trial, we won't prosecute you. That's that's his well, only know, choice. It it the problem what where everybody's killing because talking to some prosecutors, you know, I'm not gonna name their names, but you know, um actual you know, head of state agencies and in my text message to them, you know, they're like, I would have never offered immunity. If I'm not, you know, like I just I wouldn't have offered that. Like you don't offer immunity because you can't come back from that. You know, and that is something that um, I think it's really, it's like damn if you do, damn if you don't, because he offered immunity to seek, give her justice, but it almost ended up being, uh, um, it almost being like it, it served one small portion of justice, but it devalued the rest of the victims. And I don't even think he knew. I think had he known the, the wide swath of alleged victims that would have ended up coming forward, I don't know if he would have offered that same. I, I actually, I'm guaranteeing. I don't. He wouldn't have offered that because he'd be like, you know what? Yeah, there's not enough here for this case, but I got ten other uh, victims, alleged victims, uh, coming forward with corroborating styles of modus of operandi that I can actually build a case around this. I mean, Bill you know? Cosby has been for years known as kind of a right. creeper. I'm not. Gonna, I mean, so I don't know if the DA didn't know that or not, but he was known as a creeper from. You know the the seventies to 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 the two thousands as a creepy type of guy, um, yeah. and I mean, but he might have not known. That's true. I mean, what what, what the media is trying to do, and this is just kind of outside the law, but what the media is trying to do is kind of say, well, Bill Cosby has all these ties to Philadelphia and Montgomery County. He donates to Temple University. He does this. He does that. So he has all this influence, and that's what influenced the DA. I don't know if that can be, you can, of course, say it, but based upon the fact pattern that I read, I'm looking for something, some type of way to get this lady justice. And sure, I probably wouldn't offer immunity, but who knows? He might have he might have not offered immunity and just kind of a lesser sentence. And Bill Cosby was like, no way. And that was his only choice. So what I think he also looked at it too is like Bill Cosby, if I go at this man with this particular victim, one victim, um, he's going to unleash a battery of lawyers on, you know, which is not okay. Prosecutors don't, they're not afraid of that, but then they're looking at at least a good prosecutor would look at the victim and they're, like, they're going to destroy this victim on the stand. And it's going to look so bad for her because I'm, he's, he's like, I'm already looking at her. And it looks sketchy in the light, you yeah. know? So what is it going to do when 
you have trained lawyers. This is what they do when they're designed to make you look like you're not a consistent witness. It's going to devalue the case. And I, I really do think uh, you talked about uh, prosecutors have to have a good faith um, in, in prosecuting a case. I think his good faith value was like, all right, I don't want to put the victim through this because I've had prosecutors tell me this. Like in other cases, when I've had cases in the past, you know, I want to take this case, but I just worry about the victim on the stand. And they care. They think about how the victim is going to be perceived to the jury and they, they don't want to expose them unnecessarily. So they offer deals or they make platitudes and turn things because they're trying to protect the integrity of the victim. And I, I think he was looking at all that holistically. Uh, and I think he, he knew that if it got in front of a jury, it wouldn't have held up the, the holes in the case because I would have tore through that. I would have tore through that case. Yeah, this would have been a sexual uh, harassment case uh, that was given to me. I would have destroyed her. I mean, it would it would have not been it would have been great. And I, it wouldn't have been like I needed to. I just really just needed the facts. I would have needed to be persuasive or nothing. I mean, if, right. if and I'm I'm think, I'm believing that the Supreme Court, what the Supreme Court has put in in this in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has put in this this opinion is what they're accepting as the facts to be true. If if that's what it is, I mean, you don't need much to rip her apart as far as <laughs> her actions go, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it, it it just was not a, a good case at all. It wasn't a good case and. Um, I, I want to say this, man. Having done uh, some sex back cases, those are always the hardest cases to do. Proof. Um, on both sides, those are very hard cases, man. Uh, because you're dealing with the victim and in how the believability of the victim. Yeah, and so it's and it's a weird thing, man. Like I don't again, I no disrespect, but. Um, they say that with the domestic violence cases, I don't know we're talking about sex back, but I'm just giving an example here. With domestic violence cases, they say that, uh, and even with rape cases um, and sex back cases, you don't want a woman on a jury because women tend to be the hardest <laughs> yep. judge yep. Uh, when it comes to these cases because they'll they they're going to be the one. If, like if I'm a defense attorney, mm-hmm. I'm going to want like a, six women on the jury. Because they're, they're going to be the hardest critics. Men, we tend to have a softer side on the jury. Be like, you yep. know what, man, that's messed up. You shouldn't have done that. They start, they start thinking about their daughters. Women, they don't think about their daughters. They think about themselves. Selves. What would I do they, under those circumstances? That, under those circumstances. And then so they say to themselves, oh, hell no. Yep. Like, <laughs> I'm not going back over Cosby's house. Oh, <laughs> hell no. I'm not ta- I'm not going to... Uh, 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 call him again. Oh, hell no. I'm not going to ask him for career advice. So, they, so they're going to be like, oh, she's lying. Yes. She's lying. And then what they end up, then what they do, they just start characterizing the victim. Like, she's a hoe. She just wants money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they this start putting labels on her and characterizing. And a, a veteran attorney, especially a veteran district, district attorney, or even in, in this state of Florida, a prosecutor, assistant prosecutor, or regular uh, state prosecutor, will take those things in, in consideration be like, yeah, like this path I'm going to go down with her. I have to know that she can withstand that and she can withstand the scrutiny of a female jury. 
you know, an all female jury. You know, that's really what you were going to base it off of. Yeah, I mean, clearly you, you're not going to get all female journey, but you have to have go in with the worst case scenario. Like I'm going to get all women mm-hmm. on this year and it's going to be bad, yep. you know. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it's it's weird, man, because it's like you said, damn you do, damn you. And he's getting cremated for the decision. We're 2021. They want him to be it's disbarred. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> what you know who should be disbarred? The damn prosecutor that used the damn ca- use his testimony. That's the no, no, I mean not disbarred, but you know that's the one. Like, because she would in the opinion he stated in an email, the former prosecutor said her predecessor said, uh, "Listen, I don't know what you're going to do on this case. I saw the press release, <laughs> but uh, you might want to be aware that there was an agreement." Uh, between myself and Mr. Cosby and his lawyers. And she still decided like, yeah, we're going to go press forward. And even though she was like, Oh, I didn't almost to the point where I didn't know we're going to use those statements, but she had to know she was opening the door by bringing that in, you know, she was going to open the door. Cause she, it's just, to me, it looks like it, it looks like it was, it was um, bad road mapping on the case for her. That's what it looked like to me. It was, it was, it was, if we go back to the politics of it, this was a campaign promise by the specific DA and they pushed for this case to be tried and the statute of limitations is going to run within 10 days if we go back to the beginning of this case. And so they knew that the current times with the Me Too movement, they knew they had a little bit of, of some push and they move forward with it now, yeah. and and of course, prosecutors don't don't do everything in good faith. We all know that. Nor do, nor do defense counsels do everything in good faith. And so Facts. they basically used that. <laughs> they knew of this this settlement agreement. They knew of this agreement, and yet they still press forward. Um, the problem becomes: Why did the judge allow this to be admitted? That's that's the thing that's you know well okay so again I, the judge you know they kind of delineated a little bit and said well there's derivative immunity and transactional immunity and so just a uh, you know the basic idea derivative immunity is something in the basis of using it against a witness and transactional immunity which is a stronger portion of immunity which allows um, you to not be charged on any sitting on any, on any, any future cases regarding this particular incident. Yep. And, and he, the way the, the court, the trial court interpreted that it was a contemplation of an, an idea of transaction, the transactional community. <laughs> like, it, it was, it was, it was, they, it, it was like the, the judge, not trying to cast aspersions against a judge, but it was kind of as if he knew what he was doing. He knew this was wrong, and yeah. he was just gonna get. He was gonna say, "Hey, look, if I get appealed, I get appealed." I mean, that was his position. They do. Which I'm gonna be real. Judge trial court just do that shit all the time. That's why I remove everything they, to federal court. <laughs> what is that? What is that? I remove everything to federal court. I don't want to deal with a state court judge because there's politics yeah. involved with it. And I rather have the judge that's been appointed there, regardless of whether they've been appointed by a Democrat or Republican, 
I'd rather have the yeah. person that has a life appointment that does not care whether or not they're overturned. They only care whether or not they do something to get themselves removed from the bench. And you would have to do something. Uh, shoot, I forgot the standard of that to get to removed from the bench, but you have to do something pretty bad. So extremely, you have to do something almost egregious, so egregious in nature for you, for them to be to go against the judicial canons. I don't know what the canons are in the Commonwealth of um, Pennsylvania, but I, I can imagine they're the same way in Florida, and so or they're, they're, they are the same as they are in Florida. So, um, yeah, I agree, man. I I think the judge. Was there was other factors factor uh, going into that opinion because to me there's no reason why you would allow that to go forward and to be to be frank like when you think about it they had to understand that this let's say he would have dismissed the case the trial court judge would have dismissed the case right mm-hmm. the blowback on them would have been crazy <laughs> and they, they would have right? got no they you're right. They would have got the they trial court would have got slaughtered were, in 2018. Yeah, they would have gotten destroyed, and so to allow themselves not to go under the scrutiny of their decision, they were like, "I'm just going to let this evidence." But in a weird way, it's almost like you would think that would make them want to make the right decision because it's this high, it's a high profile case. Like you would make it would force them to make the stronger decision, and like I'm not going to allow because I've had judges. On high profile cases, they they're like, listen, and this is on my side of it. They have they've allowed prosecutors to get stuff in in certain cases because they're like, I don't want to, I don't like kind of like the Pontius Pilate type of thing. I'm washing my hands with it, and I'm let y'all decide how it works. I'm just gonna referee it, call balls and strikes, but I'm not gonna be trying to dictate this game because I don't want either one of y'all to come back and say that I was favoring. You know, the either side. I mean, and, and we saw that, if you think about it, we actually saw that in the uh, Bolton John case over there in Texas, where the judge let in the castle doctrine or let yeah. her try to use the castle doctrine defense. And every every attorney was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? This ain't even her house. Why would you use the castle doctrine? So in right. the castle doctrine, for anybody who doesn't know, is just it, it provides you the right to defend your home, um, you know. With deadly force, but you know she entered her into his home. His home. So yeah, it didn't make sense, but she allowed them to do it, and so that presented a problem. So look, with with, with state court judges, I've always said they are more inclined to allow stuff to be entered and just allow the process to go forward. And if an appeal that's happens, what, yep. an appeal happens, and that's what happened here. Right. So. <laughs> And you know, you almost there's there's been some cases where I've I've wanted a JNOV. Like it's like it's don't let it go to the jury because this is a bad decision. Yeah, I've pleaded with the court, like please don't let this go. To, your Honor, if this goes to if the jury decides on this, it's going to look bad on appeal. Mm-hmm. And so, and I can tell the judge wrestling with it, but again, at the same time, the trial court judges it doesn't want to be the one making the decision on this case. They don't even like. I've had two JNOVs. Where the it was just so egregious, I can tell the judge like I can't even let this go. For, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I'm gonna have to rule. I, I, mean, I can't even let. Go. On my side, on the civil side, like I probably am running a fifty fifty on motion for summary judgments now, right? Like judges yeah. really struggle when it comes to MSJs. Like, uh, you know, 
well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should let this go to the, to the, to the, to the jury to decide. Like, no, bro. Like, <laughs> what the, like, no. Nobody likes insurance companies. Nobody really likes companies like that. We're gonna get slaughtered. But this right here is, this is all you need. Make the decision. Like, make the decision type of thing. Right. And so I'm like running fifty fifty right there. But I know if I'm in South Florida or something like that, I'm never gonna get a motion for summary judgment granted. They're gonna just let right. that go to a jury. And let the chips fall where they may maybe may fall, you know. And that's just that's just kind of the game when it comes to gamesmanship and 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 dealing with the courts. Let's talk about um, the environment, man. Two thousand five comparatively to two thousand eighteen, or even two thousand twenty one. The environment, like, the environment was. Um, I wouldn't say people didn't care about sexual assault. It just was not. The Me Too movement. And the Me Too movement was a vast, a strong movement where... In 2015, yeah. Ten years later. Ten years ten later. Years later it, it, it started to bubble up, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a strong movement where you saw people... I thought there was a lot of overcorrection. We started seeing hashtags, and this goes to... Again, I'm not, I'm not asserting guilt or non-guilt, but this just goes to just... What the court talks about, the court really jumps into constitutional law, in this in this opinion, criminal law, and evidence. And what the court talked about was the Fifth Amendment. And yeah. that's your right to due process. Hearing, yeah. uh, notice in, the, in a hearing, right? And so with the Me Too movement, the overcorrection, and I think one of the problems in this case, was the rush to judgment without having all the necessary facts in order to present a case to a jury, you just said, we'll let the chips fall where they may. And yeah. now we see with this with this opinion, they can't even charge. They can't even try Bill Cosby on these charges anymore. I mean, they, they, they cannot. Done. I've done so. It's ladies and gentlemen, he's not being brought up on these charges again. It's done. And that's what pisses off a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. That's what pisses off the you know people like oh you know you let a sexual predator you know now he roams free and and you know he's not going to pay for his crimes I'm and in my mind I'm like well you shouldn't have fucked up in the beginning you should have you, exactly you, you got to get it right man you can't you especially with this type of case you can't afford to get it wrong and you can't afford to make unnecessary unforced errors did like, you see you my know, Facebook post from 2018 what was that did you see my Facebook post from 2018 when he was convicted. Oh no! I didn't see your Facebook. Post. I was <laughs> like, he's getting out on appeal. He's getting out on appeal. I don't know, you know, yeah. what y'all think. I thought he was gonna die. So my my Facebook post was like, he's not gonna I live. Thought gonna die. I thought he was yeah. gonna die. So I was like, yeah, he's not gonna live longer than a year. But if he gets his appeal within a year, he'll stay alive. But um, I, I thought he was gonna die. But yeah, I knew I knew that this was gonna get appealed for this sole issue and. Just so everybody knows, the court did not address the five women that testified against him for prior bad acts. That's that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> that yeah. was an appealable issue that the court again Fact. just yeah. allowed to happen. You know what's so funny about that? If he would have lost on an appeal, he could have brought an appeal on. <laughs> exactly. He did argue both of them, though. He argued both right. of them before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court just honed in on this. And what I feel like the Supreme Court basically said by homing in on this this uh, this settlement agreement or this agreement between 
the DA in 2005 with the Cosby team is they found it to be really egregious. They didn't yeah. like it. It 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 turns it turns civil law up on its head. It turns criminal law. And there's two justice system people. There's the criminal justice system and there's the civil justice system. It turns Actually, both of those. There's three justice systems. To there's, three justice system. there's three. There's there's a civil. There's criminal, and then there's rich. <laughs> 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 that's kind of you know, and then depending on it, depending on that third one, the the first two can be can can be really different for you. <laughs> hey, doing this even with rich people, when you start messing with settlement agreements and agreements to do this and and, and confidentiality stuff, you turn everything on its head, and then you have basically nobody trusting anybody with getting anything done. So that was the problem that's presented uh, <laughs> with that particular situation. Yeah, man. I, I, um, I, I think about it, man. I think about how like this 2005 and shit. Okay. This, this is not related, but kind of related like three years prior to 2005, 2002 or 2000, well, maybe 2003, the Trump tapes when uh, access Hollywood, like he was, Yep, you know, and, and um, that was when around that time, and it's it's weird. I, I'm gonna talk for myself personally. I think about even my statements, the things I used to say back in you know ten, fifteen years ago, and I think about it now. I'm like, damn, I was kind of, I was terrible, you know. But it, the environment allowed me to be a little bit more reckless, and it's like maturity obviously has you know, push me up into where I'm like, all right, I, you can't say certain things. And even that, even, you can't even say, you can't even think about it because it's, it's, it's terrible. And, and you know, me having daughters now that also softened me up on that a lot. So, but I think the entire country has been, is more, um, I guess, I don't want to say sympathetic, but they're more aware of the, of, of the, uh, um, the dealings of how women have to be, have to operate in society. And I think, um, you look at it now, in 2005, you know, the prosecutor probably looked at that and was like, even more so. And I just told you how women tend to grade harder on the juries. I think he looked at it in 2005. It's not going to hold, um, it's not going to hold them, uh, cut the mustard in a 2005 female jury with this particular woman, you know, with this particular witness. They're, n- they're not going to make allowances for her, her inconsistencies. Yeah. They're not going to do it. Yeah. I you mean, know? and, and, Go when we look back at 2005. I know uh, that Jeff Van Gundy just got in trouble for saying sissification on uh, yeah. live no, air. Uh, and, and to me, in 2021, I was like, "What's the big deal?" Like, and I had to Google sissy to understand the negative connotation because it's it's something. It's, it starts with an E. I forgot, but basically, like, um, I thought it was just cowardly. And that's just only one portion of the definition. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's a bad word. Like, you know, but it's just like the awareness now is heightened. Mm. There's like a heightened awareness. So I was like, yeah, yeah Jeff Gundy should not have said that. I don't think they should fire him or kick him off or whatever. Like, but like, bro, you should they shouldn't. They shouldn't fire him. But I but I agree. Like, like the way we are phrasing of words yeah. <laughs> are entirely different. I mean, I, I know this is not related, but it's kind of the same thing. Like I listen to old hip hop songs. And I'm like, Jesus! <laughs> if you listen to in the club, if you listen to in the club, uh, it's the f word that's dropped in there, and uh, yeah, you can't. Listen. You cannot listen. say that. 
when DMX, um, his passing, God rest his soul, like, I was listening to old DMX songs. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is terrible. I was like, like and, and my fear was when... You drop an F word every, every other song. I'm like, My yo. fear was when DMX passed. Oh, and this kind of did happen on the read. Um, if you look, if you ever listen to the read podcast, Chrissy was going in kind of like talking about DMX's uh, words toward the LG, LGBTQ community. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> but that was stuff I was like I was banging DMX on when I was when I I yeah. was listening to DMX on on the bus um, to go to school sometimes you know what I'm saying so that was something that was really normalized to me so back then you did not have heightened awareness that you had when when they tried Cosby in this this particular case so no no and I think it's important we leave we lay the context of that, like, let's say, you know, D, although DMX came out in 2001, but that same era, it's the same, you know, era of thinking and framing of how we looked at people and hum- we didn't really, hu- we didn't humanize certain groups, you know, um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's great, but there is an overcorrection sometimes that can happen. I think we're, we're now, I think we're balancing out. I think in 2018, it was extreme. I mean, everybody was getting... Aziza, Aziz, Aziz, I'm sorry. sorry. I was mad about yeah, that. One. Like, I was mad about that. They, they tried to cancel him, and you know it was just kind of like. But when you looked at the the, case, the facts, it was like, yo, it wasn't. He's not. That's not a meeting. So then it was just a weird date. Was it a weird date? It was a weird date. I don't know. Some some lady went off on the girl that accused him of being inappropriate because she was just like, this isn't what we're trying to do here. Like this is just a. A bad date, like this isn't right. sexual assault or anything like that. So right, and so I think we're now getting to a place of we're trying to we're really understanding what that is and what it looks like, and allegations have to meet the facts, right? Yeah. And before in two thousand five, you know your facts even have to it, it didn't matter what the facts are because the allegations weren't going to stick. In two thousand eighteen, your allegations could be a lot heavier than the facts, but guess what? The, we're in a, an environment where you only need the allegations to go forward. And now I think we're in 2021, we're smoothing it out a little bit and figuring it out. You can't push everything. Not everything qualifies under this Me Too. And in fact, I think, I'm not saying the Supreme Court, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court um, had this basis, but I think they even looked at it and were like, you know, um, the basis of this case was Fugazi. You know, and so oh, <laughs> I think they saw it. And look, I listened to one of the prosecutors that was on the case, and she was talking about. She was like, "They did not say that uh, Miss Constant. I forgot her name, but they did not say that her testimony was this. They did not say that she was not credible. They did not." And I was like, "Did she read this? Did she read this? Because they for yeah. They put it, they put all these facts in there to come to a specific conclusion for a reason. And that conclusion was you had a shitty case before. The previous DA knew he had a crappy case. Yeah. He offered Cosby a deal. Cosby admitted what he admitted on, um, on record, which was that he used to offer women, um, I forgot. It starts with Quaaludes. 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 Um, And if we can branch off for a second and talk about that, the person that deposed him, because I read a deposition transcript for that one. uh, It was terrible. Uh, But um, 
and and that was basically the admission that the prosecution really really needed. And so that's what the Supreme Court of, of Pennsylvania was basically pointing to is like without this, y'all wouldn't have nothing. The fruit right. of the poisonous tree. Anything right. that comes from this is done with because it was right. it was spoiled in the first place. And yeah. and just to piggyback that deposition transcript of of Bill Cosby. I don't know what attorney was asking him those questions. Terrible. If 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 I'm deposing Bill Cosby and Bill Cosby says I used to offer women quaaludes, I'm saying, okay, how did you offer women quaaludes? When did you yeah. offer women quaaludes? What time period did you offer? Was it in the 60s and 70s when quaaludes were wildly popular? Did it right. you know in the 80s quaaludes were banned? How did you get quaaludes in the nineties? Because they were illegal. I was asking me, Mike, like, where did you get quaaludes? Like, wh- how are you getting quaaludes? Like, what is happening? Ladies and gentlemen, quaaludes were banned in the eighties. So, if somebody has quaaludes in the nineties or two thousands, they're getting them illegally. So that's that's a red flag. That is something to say. This guy is a rapist. But none of those questions were asked, bro, in that deposition transcript. That's why when I see a lot of people pose, he admitted to doing to drugging women. He didn't. He said, I offered quaaludes offered. Right. Which which kind of if you think about it, when we talk about contract law, you got the ability to reject an offer. So he didn't whatever attorney was on that didn't go further. He didn't die deep. I didn't like that at all. I was like, you could have hammered Bill Cosby. We wouldn't be we wouldn't be speculating about anything about Bill Cosby if we just had a few follow up questions that he was allowed to ask. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, um, here's my thoughts on that, and I don't know. I, I don't know the attorneys on either side. I think they just wanted to do just enough in order to to, to get earmarker settlement. Oh, that's really what it was. It wasn't. It wasn't laying a foundation for justice. It was laying a foundation for, for CTP. Cut the check. And so, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been in depositions where you can tell the opposing counsel they know what time it is, and it's like it's 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 just we're just gearing up. We all we all feel in the room. We're just gearing up to how large the check's going to be. And that's kind of where it's at. And I think yeah. that's where they're at with it. I think they were just kind of gearing up for like how large the check's going to be. We're not looking for like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this thing. So I'm going to put you in a, they knew, first of all, like I said, you know, you know, you know, when you, the chance <laughs> of getting to trial at this point, at that point is slim. Yeah. Like you've been in, a, you've been in, to, I'm sure on your side, I know my side, I've been in to where a day before court. Mm-hmm. Right phone, hey, uh, I think my client wants to come to an agreement. I'm like, yep. oh, really? I never expected that. Like, I, I like- just, I, I literally just had a case that was supposed to go to trial um, last week, right? The day before yeah. trial, the man drops from $1.2 million to $200,000. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I guess we'll resolve it. You know, it's just that type of thing that occurs. So, you know, look, a lot of you're right. A lot of attorneys just want to get to that number. And so they're yeah. not going to dig further. But I, yeah. what it robbed the public of now that we, we have this transcript, now that we are able to look at this, it robbed us of the ability to really say. Oh, he admitted that. Yeah, But you know what? I said, it, 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 in truth, a lot of those transcripts are sealed. So 
I know I've done some shitty depositions and I know this shit's never coming out. Because so, I'm trying to get to the check. So I'm like, I'm just going through the motions so to some of these depositions because I'm like, hey, you know, whatever. Hey, listen, listen. You know, because I, I know it's not coming out. You know, so I... I got anxiety. You know, so my anxiety is this shit's coming out. This shit's coming out. They're going to okay, hear me. Okay, They're going to hear me. I sound stupid. I sound stupid. Let me stupid. frame that. <laughs> let me frame that. If I was dealing with Cosby, I'm bringing my A game. Now, if I'm bringing, if I'm dealing with Joe Schmo on the street, and I know like it's not like nobody gives a shit about Joe the plumber, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like deposition, <laughs> like nobody gives a shit. Like, so, you know, he's a witness on a case, on a car accident case. Nobody cares that I'm, you know, like with the with the light green. What were you doing? What was the time to do? No one gives a shit about this guy. Like, you know, so you're right. <laughs> If it was, if it was um, Bill Cosby, you're right. I'm, in fact, my depot question could be prepared a month before because my shit's gonna be laced. You're right. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm coming be, with fire. I'm looking to I'm nail your ass. Listen, I'm gonna be up at 4 a.m. like ready to go. Like, yo, it's, it's game time. Like, like I'm gonna be like the Chicago Bulls in '98. Like, game time. Woof. Like, it's she got $3.4 million. I mean, if the man would have just asked better questions, probably would have been like seven something million dollars. Bill Cosby, we're $400 million. You know, oh, she, it's funny you say that, bro. I said 3.38. I was like, and you got him. You got him on the rails. I was like, you got. You walked away. I kind of. I would have. It would have been an eight figure. Mo- it would have been an eight figure moment. I like, you, you need to. It would have been taking him to task. I mean, I don't. I'm not particularly sure exactly why. You know, they didn't. They didn't get more money. I don't know that. But I would have taken him to bed. He settled one for seven point five before that. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm like, well, damn, why should get three point four million? But I mean, when you you look at the opinion facts, okay, you know, maybe there's a problem here. And then my other question was, you know, nah, whoever nah. was defending what? <laughs> nah, nah, as, as long as he admits that. I'm a plaintiff attorney, man. Listen, nah, listen. I don't even, I don't even talk. Listen, I'm going to be, keep, I'm going to keep it a, a buck, bro. If I know my victim's got a shitty story, but I know I got you dead to wrong. I'm about to, I'm like, I would tell your attorney in your face. Yeah. My, 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 uh, clients, um, uh, facts are kind of fucked up. But guess what? You know who's more fucked up? Your client. Because once I get to the jury and I lay out how terrible your client is, it's gonna be game over. So I'm like, you can, you, I'll be like, you can play the game and talk about how bad my client looks, but in a civil case, I ain't gotta make my client look good. I just gotta make your client look bad. Preponderance That's of evidence, the- ladies and gentlemen. Preponderance of evidence. You know, lower standards yeah. than the reasonable doubt. Uh, so, yeah. Uh- <laughs> I'm, I'm right though, right? Like I don't, I don't have to make my client look good. You, I just got to make you look bad. You're right because you're not. not you're right because now you're talking about like the scales. Basically, it's just like okay, which which side we sign with, you know? And da, da, da. but like yeah. So I mean, you're right on that. On that, I I would have went for blood if I just got him saying that he used to give women, he offered women, yeah. you know, drugs. Yeah. Like I would have, I would have taken him to bed on that one. But I would have spent um, at least thirty minutes on thirty minutes on that those questions alone. That would have been that, that would have been a deposition. That would have been a deposition. Yeah. Besides asking whether or not he had sexually assaulted my client, though my deposition yeah. would have been: <laughs> When did you start? When did you start offering these drugs out there? How did you get these yeah, drugs? I would have. How long have you had a quaaludes? Yeah. When? What? Where? How? <laughs> all that? Why? <laughs> Everything? Are you, still, are you still offering women quaaludes? <laughs> <laughs> 
let, let, you know, like these, it would have been a 30 minutes on those questions alone. Like just that, that question. And then they would have had it. No, no bump that. I can, I'm thinking about a case I had. It probably would have been an hour, 90 minutes on those questions alone. And they would have had to take a break in the middle of the deposition and be like, can my client take a break? You could take a 10 minute break, but we were coming right back to these questions. So yep. go ahead and take, take a, take, take a 10 minute break and yep. come right back. We come right back in here. You know, so, you know, you've been in those depots when your client is getting reamed and you're like, yo, we got a timeout. We, we need a timeout. Oh yeah. Right. On, on, on like zoom depositions. And now I like, well, I, this is a funny thing. So side story, uh, I was deposing an expert and I was killing him. He didn't know what the hell, and this is a condo association. So this is like a million dollar case. He didn't know what the, what the hell he was doing. And so I'm like, man, did you, did you inspect this? Did you inspect that? He's like, no, 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 no. Eventually, you know, they asked for a break. So I go to my boss. I'm like, man, they want a break, man. But I'm killing them. He was like, ask him on a break. Did he talk to his attorney? Did he, yep. did he talk to the attorney? Did, did the attorney call him? Yep. So I get back on the record. Hey, how's it doing? Did you have a phone conversation with your attorney? Yes. Okay, great. What did he talk to you about? He said I was doing bad. <laughs> Bro, I could not stop laughing. I literally started laughing in a video deposition because I just never heard somebody be that. I, I understand you're supposed to be truthful on the road, but that was just blatant honesty. My The attorney said, I am testifying terribly. Like, that was wild to me. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, happens, that's funny. Bro. That's funny. It happens, oh, man. man. What do you so think is me, the impact of, um, real quick, what do you think is the impact of the community. I mean, a lot of people in the Philadelphia community in the Montgomery County are pissed. Not they're pissed for because of two things. One, they tried Bill Cosby twice, and they lost twice. I think you know Bill Cosby did two years, but they lost twice. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on trying Bill Cosby on something that I think you and I both can agree didn't really have the best case, and. Yeah. Montgomery County's like, bro, this money could have went to transit, to fixing roads. I just came back from Montgomery County. The roads are terrible. Um, this could have went... <laughs> the roads are bad, bro. Um, but this could have went to this. This could have went to that. But we spent all this money trying Bill Cosby. Why? And this gets well, into the point of... But this gets into the point of when you have a criminal case, it's the state of whoever, whoever. The state of what? Versus the criminal, yeah. and yeah. it goes. It's about the community. It's not always just about the victim. There. So what I, I think it's going to happen. It's going to make. Um, it may not happen next year or a couple years from now, but it's going to make people gun shy on going forward on cases like this, and it's going to reverberate as far as pushing forward. Either you're going to make sure all your all your um, eyes are dotted and your T's are crossed, or you know you're not going to you're not going to jump forward because you're not going to want to make the same mistake twice. Nobody wants to be infamous um, in that state or just period. Like you mentioned, you know um, correctly that this case is going to go down in the annals of uh, legal history. I mean, there's only a few cases that are referenced in law school, right? I mean, yep. we all had the OJ case that we tore through, right? Yep. And so, like, these are going to be those cases, the Casey Anthony case. Well, I was out of law school by that time, but I'm sure the Casey Anthony case um, is something that was dissected 
it, um, you know, uh, intimately during the time or at post, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I think this case is going to be the same thing where it's going to be looking at prosecutorial mis- um, um, error and um, what would have you d- have done differently? And even on the civil side about evaluating Quaalude question, like, what, what, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot to pull from it. So if you're asking me how, what's going to happen going forward, I think people are going to look at this case and they're going to make an evaluation like, I don't want to pull a Cosby. I'm not pulling the Cosby on my, this case. So Yeah, and I think what the know. fear is, I think, and I was listening to some of the news reports, is that, oh, my God, this might affect a Harvey Weinstein case. This might affect a R. Kelly case. No, it's not. No, well, no. This case is specific. The, the, yeah. the, the opinion on this case is specific. It's, it's about a prior agreement that the Cosby team had with the previous DA and he was not supposed, this was not supposed to be admitted. That's not going to have any bearing on Harvey Weinstein's case. Don't let, don't let the media get you up in arms and get you afraid of something like that. It's not going to have any bearing of the R. Kelly case. Those, each case has separate and distinct facts, ladies and gentlemen. And those, and those two things have jurisdiction. <laughs> exactly. Two different jurisdictions. So yeah. I don't, ladies, like, ladies and gentlemen, do not fret over those situations, I mean, this is completely, this is, this is, and I think you and I both touched, this is, this is, from the get-go, this was not a good case. And yeah. when you look at R. Kelly, probably got a good case. Look at Harvey Weinstein, probably got a good case. You yeah. know, so. Uh, I First of all, the, the R. Kelly case is, is so bad, you're like, how come he wasn't brought forward <laughs> like sooner? Exactly. Like, that, that's really the funny part about the R. Kelly. Not funny, sad. But, but just um, trying to scare the public about an R. Kelly case. This might affect the R. Kelly case. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. You know what that's about, though, right? It's sensationalism in, yes. in media. Like it's trying to, it's trying to control a lot of you know unwarranted feelings on unrelated matters, and that's kind of what the media does anyway, because it enhances the viewership and clickbait, and so they're. They're going to do that. They're going to infl- um, fan the flames of hysteria on unrelated matters, and especially to the um, general public, the lay layman, lay woman. They're like, "Oh, okay, these are all unrelated." And on the other side of that, you have people be like, "Oh, you know, they should, you know, they, they're trying to get rid of black men," and blah, 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 blah. and it's kind of like, "Yeah, you got to chill on that too, man. That's not that's not what's happening." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bill Cosby was not prosecuted because he was trying to buy NBC. He was prosecuted. I mean, you know. He was prosecuted because I just want to know where that rumor came from. Like, it, it happens what? with everything, man. I, he was prosecuted because um, he became pop culture. He became the person to pick on in pop culture about sexual assault. Hannibal Burst, you know, he became this hot topic, and it was yeah. something enough for a political candidate who was running for DA to basically say, "I'm gonna prosecute him." Because he was a hot topic, yep. so don't don't yeah. don't fall for it, ladies and gentlemen. Do not fall for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't believe the hype, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm 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 really uh, intrigued though about how the fallout, and I just, I'm really I just want to see how it's going to look internalized within the black community, like how we view because it's really interesting. How uh, black community has reacted to you have on some on the side like oh he should have never been prosecuted and then you have others be like oh well you know it's it's rape culture and they're they're trying to you know protect rape culture and it's like neither one are true 
we we this isn't an OJ. So you don't have ninety eight percent of black people be like, yes, he didn't do it. You didn't. You you, yeah. you don't have that. You have probably like a sixty forty split with sixty percent of people believing that he did it. So <laughs> I would probably say that. Um, so you know, I, I think. I think what we got to be cautious of in our community specifically, and I think what kind of holds a lot of people that say make up these rumors, he was trying to buy NBC and he was trying to do this and they just trying to hold a black man down, is the fact that we've seen the Brian Banks of the world. We've seen black men be falsely accused of rape when it mm-hmm. comes to white women and things like that. So we're a little bit fearful. When it comes to R. Kelly and R. Kelly's dealing with black women, we are 100%, I'm not trying to say everybody's on board, but I would say it's about 90% want him to be prosecuted and punished for his crimes. And your little 10% of trolls, you know, don't. You know, but, um, you know, I, that's a fear, that's a real fear that black men and, and, and black black people in, this, in, this, in, in the United States have regarding these types of incidents of sexual assault is... The yeah. fear of being, you know, accused of something that you didn't do, aka Central yeah. Park Five. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it's in, in embedded within our psyche of being railroaded on a case, and so when we apply that um, that fear based level of towards the criminal justice system towards everybody, and what we have to understand that not everybody it's not applicable. You know, and then let's keep it real. Race and class, they get different. Mm-hmm. You know, when you the more the higher, the more money you get, you know, your your black skin in the criminal justice system is not as black. Let's just you know. What Ooh, I mean? like, you sound like uh, what is his name? Uh, Jason Whitlock, right now, man. LeBron I mean, James doesn't I mean, experience racism because he's rich. <laughs> no, no. But I, what I'm saying is like it's you know. Uh, uh, Pookie's criminal justice, uh, um, uh, you know, the way he's uh, uh, viewed in criminal justice is not going to be viewed the same way as someone like as someone like um, OJ or even no. Bill Cosby. Like money, money changes things, man, and it 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 changes the way you're uh, you're viewed. No, you know what? Even more, not only money, notoriety. Yes, changes. Yes, you know, it, it changes things so much because like when people have now they. They have a, a, a prescribed viewpoint of view that it's hard to kind of um, deviate from. And so, you know, that's the that is the thing that changes. And so when and when you have money on top of that, it's it's different. You know, it changes the, the scalability of your of, of justice. So I don't I don't know. Like I I look at it. I look at somebody like, let's say, R. Kelly. You're right. I think a lot of people have already. <laughs> the, the die is already cast, but like we we think he's we we think he been, he should have he should have been in 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 prison. You know, we just tape. waiting for the right case. He had a sex, you know, tape. and what was that? He had a sex tape. We yeah, we, I mean, we already we, know he should be in prison, people. So <laughs> listen, you know, and even that when he got off, people were like, wait, he got off? Like, like, like wait, what? Yeah, that was wild. We were like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, how did he beat that case? I still, I still, I forgot how he beat that case. Though. I think it was a technicality. It was with the, the witnesses. Oh, the, was the, the woman, the, the woman on the tape did not want to come forward. She didn't want to come forward. Now they've changed the you law know? since that time. They will 
they don't really need the woman to come forward. They just they just need the tape. So the the laws yeah. have kind of changed from 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 now. Like you you get caught in that situation now, you getting prosecuted for real. Yeah, you know. It, <laughs> <laughs> technicalities, man. Listen, these technicalities getting these people off. They're not. They're, I was going to go in another direction. I don't want to, to take this podcast. <laughs> I was, I, I, listen, I was about to say, man. Listen, when when you rich, man, them technicalities play out. When you poor, man, them technicalities hurt you. They, you get dinged on them technicalities real bad. And, and like, the biggest difference in I want people to know is the biggest difference in legal services when you're rich is. The ability to spread work out. So when OJ was being prosecuted, he had like five lawyers. Um, you know, and uh, they had and they had five paralegals and and associates. Yes, that's a, probably twenty people working on that case. And you have your private investigators working on it too. That's the money aspect in the legal system. When you poor, you just got me. I'm joking. You, you might not be able to afford me, but you just might. You just got like a. You just got a lawyer, and that lawyer has to do. The investigation everything. has to do all. It has to do everything, and that's what makes a difference. It's not that your your lawyer is deficient in any any circumstances. A lot of lawyers that represent people that do not um, make a lot of money, or what do they call solvent uh, solvent uh, type of I don't know, I forgot. But interesting individuals do. They're really really good lawyers, but when you got money and you can spread out the work. You well, it's, can do it's, some let's what it is. When you're a public defender, you have, um, and I haven't been a public defender, I can tell you, it's, uh, you got thousands of cases. And it's like, it's just time. It comes down to time. Like, what you're talking about is, can I, can I, uh, uh, you know, uh, give the quality time to a case? If somebody comes to me and they want me to do a case, I know, I'd just be like, straight up, like, if you're trying to hire me for this type of case, you're telling me that I can't take on other cases, which yep. is fine, but you're going to have to pay me for that. That price changes. Like, yep. You're going to have to pay me to, to focus on your case. If you're not willing to pay me to focus on your case, I'm not going to do this case. Yep. You know, so I'm going to need $25,000 $25, down mm-hmm. to do this case. I can't focus on anything else Yep. at this point. Like you're focused. And I've had cases like that. I've had cases where I, um, you know, we were hired for two years for a case and, you know, the people, they were a million dollar company and multi-million dollar company and they, they hired us. And I literally shut down my practice, not shut down, but I, I didn't, I cut down 50% of my cases. Just you know? to work on them. Just to work on them. Like yeah. I didn't take on as many cases, which was great for me. You mm-hmm. know, I just can focus on, on that particular case, you know, and yeah. it's funny enough. You know, I ended up getting fired from that case because I told them that they, I told them something they didn't want to hear, which I ended up being right about. So Uh-oh. it it was it, I, sidebar. So I literally so we were on a case for two and a half years, and we um and it, when you when you know Isaiah when you're on a case you know it intimately right yeah would you you know it in in and out you know you know you research the law so we were at we were about ninety percent we're almost we're about uh, two months out from two months about three months out from trial. And I told them something they didn't want to hear about the outlook of their case. And they, I said, listen, we probably need to take, we need to do the walkaway settlement here. And, you know, the other part, I had gotten to the other party to, to agree to like do a walkaway settlement. 
And they were not happy because they were like, we done spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on you. And you, you now you're they said I was afraid. You're afraid to go for it. I was like, I'm not afraid. I'm telling you, if they hammer, if they go into trial, which I would do, they would they're going to hammer you on this on this Achilles heel of this case. Mm. And, and you need to walk away. Yeah. And so, you know, um, they didn't listen. They went to another attorney and obviously what another attorney is going to do because they want the business. They'd be like, ah, the, the, the chances of them, you know, focus finding the needle in the haystack of that case is slim to none. You're good. So they took, they went to that attorney, paid them all this type of money, end up losing. And guess what they end up lo- winning, losing on? The Achilles Hill in which I told them to avoid. And the, the dumb part about it is, I'm like, if I caught the damn Achilles and I've been on this case for two and a half years, what do you think the opposing counsel, like someone like Isaiah, Who's been on the case for two and a half years? He damn sure caught that damn Achilles heel. I hope they didn't have a proposal for settlement in that one, because that would suck. I, there was a proposal for settlement. Jesus yeah. Christ, man! Jesus. Yes. Yeah. When when and a client when a client honestly says that, hey, are you afraid? Like it, it's an ego punch because it's like I, I'm not afraid to try a case. I'm just letting you know we about to lose. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm just being honest with you, bro. Like we about to lose. You know what I'm saying? What do you want to do? I've tried civil cases for first party for for personal injury cases, and and I've, I've I've tried them on the other side as well. It's just basically like, bro. Like I can tell you, this ain't good. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you want to accept my advice or not? And so one time a client did that, but he he says that he was quote unquote joking. But I felt like I felt like it was kind of shady, bro. But nah, they they yeah, want, he was dead serious, bro. He was dead yeah. serious. He was dead serious. But he said he was joking. But he was dead serious, yeah. and I was like, bro, I've already negotiated something down for you. Let's just get it resolved, and we did. Yeah. Live live yeah. to, you know, uh, you know, just live for another day. So yeah, yeah. It, but I, I say I say that story because time allowed me to find that Achilles, right? If I was not paid correctly and I couldn't dedicate, I wouldn't be able to find that. And attorneys, when you hire an attorney, you have to be, you're paying for their time. I know it sounds really circumvent, but it's, it's really basic, but you're paying for their time. And when you pay for someone's time and they value that time and they can focus on you in the appropriate way, that's how you get the best representation you, you're going to money can buy. You and know, just money, so everybody, money can buy time. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, Cosby had like six attorneys and each one of Cosby's attorneys handled one specific portion of his case. So one attorney prior to the first trial objected to this, this, yeah. this, this transcript being allowed in and they laid something called a record. And when yeah. they laid that record, now you got ability to appeal it later on down the road. And yeah. another attorney in, in the second case, when, it was one. It was one lady for a prior bad act that they allowed to testify at the first trial. Then there was five in another one. Why the judge allowed five women to testify in the second trial? We, that goes back to the beginning of the conversation we had. We're not going to talk in circle, but but right. so there was that guy. There was another attorney that came up, laid a record saying these are prior bad acts. This doesn't yeah. fall within the Pennsylvania's uh, uh, rules of evidence. This is improper, lays that record, and they just individually laid records for every single appealable issue. 
So if Cosby yeah. went to jail, he would have the ability to appeal. That's which money. is a smart thing to do. Yep, that's that's the way you do it. I mean, anytime I have a um a case, you know, I I I, <laughs> I lay everything on the record, you know. So and so the judge and opposing counsel can know, like, listen, just so you know. Uh, I, this can this is going to be this is going to be appealed or it can be appealed, and so you do that enough, um, you know you, you'll be in a good space, and that's what the, a good attorney always lays everything for the record for an appealable issue, even if it's something minute, because you what you don't want you don't want it to come back and be like oh you you screwed me in the case, bro, I'm coming after your bar license because you you didn't lay the proper foundation for an appeal, and it, it becomes you know? the ineffective assistance of counsel, which you could appeal based on that. But yeah. typically, the courts ain't gonna really uh, do that because there's some leeway no. right there. But what Bill Cosby's attorneys did was proper, and they laid a record, and they got an appeal, ladies and gentlemen. And that's that. It it it, it is what it is, man. And, and when I talk about when I already talked about the portion of, of constitutional law that deals with the Fifth Amendment as far as due process, but when I talk about criminal law and I talk about the fruits of a poisonous tree I mean that should have been a glaring issue for the prosecution to see that that transcript would be something of the fruits of of a poisonous tree right there that you would not be able to allow in which was not allowable and they attacked that and so that is also discussed and I see it right now it's right in front of me I do see the email to the um (laughs) To the new DA basically saying, yo, I don't know what you're doing here, but uh, (laughs) we had an agreement like this was this is this is what I'm talking about. So you were so the prosecution was already on notice. That's a crazy thing. They were already on notice. You were were made aware. They were made aware. You knew it was going to possibly be an appeal situation. That's why I wrote my status in 2018 that this was going to be appeal and he'll likely win on appeal. Because I'm 97% right about everything, people. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, this is going to be just overall a good, I just want to say for, you know, we'll probably end on a positive note here. But for the law students out there who are probably, or people that are thinking about becoming law students, this will probably be one of your case studies in school. And this particular opinion, 79 pages that you'll likely have to read touches on three major topics, constitutional law, criminal law, and evidence. And it's a really good read, so you really understand something. For those people out there that don't um, agree with this, don't agree with the opinion of the court, I would just say just read the facts, and you'll see kind of the problems that that, that occurred in this situation. Um, But, yeah. It's, you know what? It's not even a bad read, though. It's an easy read. It's a it's an easy cruise read. Whoever wrote this wrote this for somebody that was in fifth grade. Um, yeah, as I, they explain every single piece of law, which is the reason why this thing is seventy nine pages. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't want people to be deterred like oh, seventy nine pages. Like, no, you, you can read through that. Just take it. Take your lunch. You, you can read through that through through your lunch. I guarantee you. Most people can read that in within an hour. If they spend they spend an hour, you can read through that case, and it's not a hard read. Um, and I think it's important too. You you mentioned yeah, it talks about you know, evidence, criminal, civil. 
But also what I think it, what law students should take from it, it talks about the nature of practice because what that attorney, the pr- prior prosecutor did, he CYA, CYA, he covered his, I'm, I'm going to put this in writing and why you should not go forward on his case. So, you know, so. Which is, which is, cannot- which is wild because you would think, and look, and here, hey, look, people, some people have luck in, in the justice system, right? Sometimes it doesn't yeah. just come down to money, it just comes to luck. The, the former DA putting something in writing to the new DA was a saving grace for Bill Cosby in this situation. If it had not yeah. been in writing, you couldn't have proved that that conversation occurred. But the fact right. that it was in writing, he's like, best evidence. Here you go. Here, here's our agreement you know, right here. You know, and again, goes, it goes to practice. I have saved my client's ass criminal and civil cases because the prior attorney put some shit in writing and I relied on that statement. And even when they say something, I immediately say, I go back and I like dictate. I don't know if you do this. Like, you know, I say, you tell me something. I'm like, cool. Based on our conversation, this is our understanding of this. I put it right in writing within a minute. I Every time. It. Because lawyers will throw your ass underneath the bus. Anybody will throw you underneath the bus and act like we have a conversation about something. This is what you offered me. This is what we talked about per, per our conversation as discussed. Right. Yep. My point ones I build for that all the time. <laughs> right. Listen, seriously. And I, and I say, if there are any, if, if I am mistaken, please allow, please reply back. To me, like if I'm mistaken in any way, my assessment of this fact, please reply back. When I don't get that reply, but it's like you didn't die. The die has been cast and I have saved my clients asses on over the years because I'll pull that shit. I'll pull out the receipt to be like, uh, well, actually, uh, <laughs> based on April 5th <laughs> at 353 p.m., I sent you an email based on our conversation that you did not deny that you said this is what our understanding of the base of the, the, the matters were. And they were like, oh, shit, I said that? I'm like, yeah. I just had a hearing where I just had to tell the judge, I said, Your Honor, um, he shouldn't have filed this motion. Why should he have filed the motion? Well, because he didn't comply with the good faith rule to com- uh, confer. He sent me an email demanding something. I said, hey, I'm available on this time, this time, this time. Let's discuss it. Let's confer and let's talk. He never responded back. He just filed a motion. And the judge is yeah. like, did you do that? And she was like, well, no, nah, he was going to, She was. he was like, no, he denied, and also you got to pay him for his time. It, it's just, yeah. but when you put those things in writing, because I was like, hey, you know, I received your correspondence requesting X, Y, Z. You know, I would love to set up a telephone call with you to discuss this and confer in compliance with the rules. She just went and filed a motion, and so I, since I had it in writing, you know, the judge is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Bro, I saved my clients thousands of dollars on attorney's fees for something because I, because of an agreement that was made like seven months before that was in, that I dictated in writing and then they filed a motion and I'd be like, uh, your, your honor, according to our verbal understanding that each party would agree to pay their own attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was stated in writing and while we would in, in going forward on this case with the understanding that no party was going to be a, was going to pay their attorney, uh, the, the losing party's attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. And then the, the judge read that motion. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, oh, I attached that shit, that, the shit to an exhibit. I'm telling you, 
it it's it saved my clients' asses so many times, bro. So that's that's the lesson, one of the mm-hmm. lessons. So to take away, put your shit in writing. Yep. But let's try to close this one out. But I I, I like to always try to end on a positive note. And so what I'll say is that the positive thing that will come from the Bill Cosby case will just be discussion. This is a positive thing. Um, us discussing this right now. Um, no matter what you feel, if you feel like Bill Cosby is guilty, if you feel like Bill Cosby is not guilty, having these discussions without trying to kill each other makes for a positive situation. And the other thing that we're going to have that's going to come from this that, that I want to say is going to be positive is that this is going to be something that will be studied by all the future upcoming lawyers because mm-hmm. this is really big. And one of the things that the, uh, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania pretty much has said is that, you know, a newly elected DA, just because a newly de- elected DA steps into office, it doesn't discharge the, the prior DA's agreements and things like that. Right. That's a big thing. That's probably going to be adopted by all 50 states, most likely. There's 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 yeah. no no I don't see any court disagreeing with this because it makes yeah. common sense. What we want yeah. to do is we want to make sure that when we come to agreements in the justice system, that they actually are agreements that are offered and accepted and just done with. And yeah. we don't want to we don't want these agreements to pop back up ten years ago, five years ago, six years ago. And so this was, while I understand the effect on a lot of women's psyches that have been sexually abused or sexually assaulted, in my opinion, this was a very, very great, well-written opinion by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And yeah. um, justice is not fair. I think you wrote a good piece uh, today on Facebook. Um, if we know just because you're, you're found guilty in a court of law that doesn't mean that you're per se guilty. We also know that just because you're found not guilty doesn't mean that you're not guilty. So right. just remember that. Anything you want to say, yeah. bro? Nah, man. I, and I, I, I want to um, say I offer uh, condolences to the, the, the victims of those who suffer from sexual battery and, and, and um, rape. And I don't want this to be um, any way um, dignified as far as that you don't have rights in the criminal justice system and that um, you don't, you're not allowed a, a vo- your voice and this devalues your experiences. Um, the only thing I would say is that this was a good day for due process, but it may not have been a good day for those who suffered the real crime, which is um, sexual battery and rape. And so those are things I'm very cognizant of when I, when I speak on these issues. That's a great point, bro. Let me go on and take us out.